Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the line as he does every Friday on the show. Back from vacation, he is... Kind of pulled a Yoda-ism there. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com. How are we this week, Mike? Doing well. Uh, glad to be back. Good to see that you got Moose to fill in again. That's a, I like seeing you guys get back together. It's, it's nice. What was really funny about it, the main one we were talking about was obviously Mario Brothers last week. <laughs> he, yeah. Long story short, we were just talking about the movie in general because neither one of us had seen it at that point. And he's like, I don't care. I don't know why they made this movie. It was just a big ball of negative from him. <laughs> so That doesn't even sound negative. That just sounds like a general ball of apathy. Uh, Moose had that in him. It was a lot of, why are they doing this? Why do I care type stuff? It, that was a thing from the morning show. But uh, no, it was good to have Moose back on. I have fun talking about it. We have good conversations. Not to say that ours aren't good, but they're just different. You know, it is what it is type stuff. Yeah. But uh, uh, real quick, uh, with that in mind, uh, Mario Brothers, actually not a not a bad 90 minutes. I don't know if you've seen it yet. but I still haven't seen it yet. I know I need to but I still haven't seen it yet. Listen, and what we kind of talked about on the phone the other day, it's a movie for kids, and if you go into it with that mentality, you're probably going to be okay with it. There's a ton of Mario nostalgia in there. There's some there's some stuff that legitimately did make me laugh. Uh, Jack Black is great in it. Seth uh, Rogen's great in it. Uh, Chris Pratt, the the voice thing, I, it never. It was never a thing that stuck out to me. Really? I, yeah, I, I know people were all up in arms about him being the voice of it, but there at no point did I go, oh my God, Chris Pratt being the voice. You know, there was never any of that in there. Yeah. So, but uh, like I said, if, if you go into it with that mentality, uh, listen, it's, I don't know, it might win some animation awards or something like that, but I don't know if, you know, it's a you know great story or whatever. But uh, no, it, it was fun. My uh, my son did start to get kind of wiggly towards the end, uh, where if it would have been past ninety minutes, I don't know how well it would have done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like it, it sounds like it was it was basically you're kind of lucky we got to this. Well, actually, no, not you're kind of lucky we got to this link because there's so much they could have pulled from. But yeah. I've heard it's very nostalgia heavy, but doesn't really. Other than that, it's like. Eh. Yeah. Listen, it's Let's hard. Keep in mind, this is the same studio that made Minions. Yeah, it, well, I'm trying to. Th- it's kind of like the the whole taking the lore from the video game. What a st- what real lore there is because all the video games are so much different, and then cramming them into trying to make a 90 minute story out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like anybody's gonna have a hard time with that. So, anyways, if you get a chance, go see it. Very colorful, very well done. Like you said, there's a lot of nostalgia in there. I uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. But anyways, uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me. Uh, the big movie out this week uh, is one I'm really excited about, Renfield. This is Nicolas Cage and uh, I want to say James, but I don't think that's right. Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. I, I, I thought it was Holt. I was like, James Holt? That doesn't sound right. But anyways, Nicholas Cage and uh, Nick... Wait, Holt? What was it? Nicholas Cage and Nicholas Holt. <laughs> okay, it was a double. Oh, my brain gave up there on me. <laughs> oh you poor child all right so renfield comes out this weekend uh looks awesome what did we think it was a lot of fun i didn't expect it to be as action forward as it was but it it has a, a fair amount of action it's really funny and of course 
Nick Cage is just having so much fun paying, playing Dracula. And that, that's probably, like, no, no offense to anybody in this film, because it's a very solid, entertaining film that's got a lot of great people in it. But Nicolas Cage really digging into Dracula is something that everybody knew. I guess everybody just knew from moment one. It's like, this is going to work. <laughs> and it works. He is just having the best time of his life. The poor man had to wear ceramic fangs that he kept poking himself with <laughs> to, to deliver this performance. And he's just, he really is, like he was inspired by both his father and Christopher Lee when it came to, to his portrayal of Dracula. Because as far as he's concerned, Christopher Lee is his Dracula. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And when I did the, I did the interviews for this movie, and Nick Cage was talking about how his dad kind of looked, he always felt that his dad kind of looked like Christopher Lee. And that works in his favor because there's one moment in the film, I think they show it in the trailer, but also it comes back in the end credits because they'll do like freeze frames of different things that happen in the movie in the end credits. There's a scene where he's grinning with the fangs that I'm sitting there at the screening and one of my other critic friends pokes me and he's like, he looks like Christopher Lee in that shot. And then I looked and it's like, oh damn, he totally does. So I mentioned it in the interview and then and Nick was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I always thought that my dad and, and Christopher Lee could have been brothers because of the, the resemblance that was there. And he talked about how he got to meet him on a movie and it was a cool conversation. And like that was his Dracula. So when it came time to do this, that was uh, those were his inspirations. The movie's a lot of fun. I I, I recommend going to see it. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBelin.com on with me right now. OK, so Renfield is a winner this weekend. Are there other movies being released this weekend? Pope's Exorcist is the only other movie that's coming out this week, and I have not seen it. I've heard mixed mixed reviews. Yeah, exorcism exorcism movies lately. That's always kind of the the go to on it. It's like, ah, eh, it's okay, or you know, it's great, or it's horrible. It's it, it, you never get that solid. Yeah, that's a that's a movie you want to go see. You know, it's not gonna wake the Holy Spirit, but it's doing okay. Did you say they actually uh, took part of that movie and put it into WrestleMania? No. <laughs> So they were having a match between Edge and this dude named Finn Balor, who Finn Balor has an alter ego called the Demon. At WrestleMania, they were doing a uh, a Hell in a Cell match, it's called. And bef- the intro yeah. to the match was Russell Crowe from The Exorcist, or the ex- or whatever the hell this is called. Do, uh, Pope's do- Exorcist. Yeah, Pope's Exorcist. Doing a-, a line from the movie or a reading of it in that genre or whatever. So it was like a clip from the movie, or was it Russell Crowe like, doing an intro for the match? It was Russell Crowe, and I don't know if he was absolutely in character, but it was within the realm of this exorcism movie, the Pope's Exorcist, because he was talking about exorcisms and stuff and demons and all that. Yeah. He also gets to ride a pretty sick-looking Vespa. Yeah, and uh, it had one of the grossest injuries you'll ever see in wrestling. Oh, that match? Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't a bad injury, but it's one of those ones that if you don't like blood or cuts— this is not the one for you. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Then that's that. I the, thought it could have been a lot worse. The one dude took a ladder and he threw it at the other guy and he, he caught it like on a corner on his on his head. Uh, and Finn Balor, the, mm-hmm. the, the guy who got cut, it's like if you went uh, right at your hairline and went almost halfway back to the back of your head. That's how big the cut was. Ooh. 
they legitimately stopped the match, and they're trying not to show it, but the doctors were out there stapling him back together so he could uh, continue to wrestle. Wow. Uh, <laughs> occupational hazard, I guess. Mike Gray is from CinemaBlid.com on the line with me right now. Not so. We could kind of go into the world of uh, movie news and such right now. We had some trailers, and there's some other stuff going on. Uh, the big trailer out this week. Well, actually, there's two trailers out this week, the one for the Continental and uh, the one for the Marvels. Uh, both those dropped this week, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, and then a new Dracula movie trailer dropped this morning. Oh, really? I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, yeah, The Last Voyage of the, De- the Demeter, or the, Demeter. I don't know how to pronounce that. The Last? We are recording so on basically, a Thursday. While you're looking that up, I'll sort of set us up here. But in Bram Stoker's Dracula, there is a chapter, or a section of a chapter, that talks about the crossing that brings Dracula from Transylvania to London, if I remember correctly. Okay. Like, basically, he, he can't tr- – and that's one of the things that sets up vampire lore. Like, unless under certain certain circumstances are met, a vampire can't travel over water. And, you know, somehow he got on this boat, and his corpse was transported over from one land to another, and he does his, his damage. Oh, uh, okay. So this movie is going to focus on that section alone. It is the crossing that brings Dracula's body from Transylvania to – I think it was to England. Okay. And this is a script that's been kicking around for about, I think someone said 20 years. This, wow. About 20 years or so, this has been kicking around. Several directors attached, and now it's finally being finally coming to theaters, and it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I just had it on in the background here. I didn't get to hear it at all, but yeah, it looks kind of it looks creepy. So in the the like back really sh- good creature work on Dracula. Yeah, the back. That's what I was just going to say. The back shot of Dracula. Uh, standing over the ship looks pretty crazy. So, interesting. Oh, yeah, and then that's basically the poster where it's like Dracula standing on the bow of the ship in like ba- in his like monster form. Are we getting... And then like just shows the, the, the bow of the ship itself. Are we back into vampire movies now? I don't know. I don't know if it's so much they're back into vampires as Universal's trying to still work with their classic monsters. Okay. And that's where that's where Renfield really came from, is they were still, you know, working with a stable of classic monsters. We've got other movies that are supposed to be coming, like uh, Blumhouse is doing a new spin on The uh, the Wolfman with Ryan Gosling, and it deals with, like, network news. Okay. And I I think this is still Universal wants in on that having a universe without creating a universe because obviously, you know, Dark Universe didn't work out for them. So I don't <laughs> think they're ready to do that right now, but they're ready yeah. to tackle individual stories. But it's technically the same universe because it's the Universal Monsters canon. Yeah. Okay. So no. the stories don't link up. It's like, hey, all the characters came from here. Yeah, what I saw of that trailer, I, it looked like I liked it. Uh, moving over to the Marvels, I think my wife said it best about it when she watched it the other night. What did she say? Well, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. <laughs> That's basically my. That was basically my thought too, because I just I thought Captain Marvel was a boring boring movie and i just was not into the story it was trying to tell and then you've got the and then you've not only got captain marvel coming back but then you've got monica rambo coming in and then ms marvel coming in and it's this really cool we're doing the multiverse again folks because this phase is multiverse mania but it still looks like fun because they're you know captain marvel gets sent to ms marvel's bedroom uh ms marvel gets transported onto a ship where she's being chased and goose gets to eat some dudes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's it it looks fun. 
it uh, looks like it's fun. Kamala Khan has some great reactions in it. Yeah. Yeah, I was almost kind of afraid just because of the whole, like, adorable kid is a superhero. But she, she really is just endearing uh, with what she's doing. I have not watched uh, the Miss Marvel uh, series yet, but one of my buddies here at work, who he's really into that stuff as much as we are, and he said, he goes, I went into it thinking I was going to hate it. He goes, I actually ended up legitimately liking it. He goes, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't watched it either, but I do, I, I like the atmosphere that it gives. It, it doesn't feel like She-Hulk, where I just watched an episode and it's like, okay, I know where you're <sighs> going with this, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, She-Hulk. About that, really, about a lot of Marvel and right just, now. Exactly, and it's I, I I don't want people to think that I'm just ragging on all of the female Marvel properties because I you know I love strong female characters. I just want them to be fully realized strong female characters yeah. that don't have to lean on some sort of crutch. Or even with Captain Marvel, it just felt like it really leaned into the '90s girl power energy to the point where the final fight is set to "No Doubts." I'm just a girl. <laughs> it's like a little bit on the nose there. Can can you pull back a little bit, please? You've got Academy Award winner Brie Larson here. She's she's ready to to act. Yeah. Give her something, please. The Spider-Man stuff was was good. That was the I want to say that's the last Marvel thing that I thought was really good was not uh, even Multiverse of Madness. The Doctor Strange. Yeah, I didn't love it. I I, I didn't hate it, but it was another. It was kind of on the to me the same level as like a Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh no, not at all. In a, in a <laughs> this movie had a story and wasn't filmed in a Best Buy parking lot. <laughs> I didn't walk out of the theater loathing that film and thinking it was way too dark visually. Yeah. I listen, I they were both when I say both on the same level, it's like I didn't love them, I didn't hate them. It was you know, they were they were <laughs> they were in the world of Marvel movies and I wasn't going to I didn't I just didn't love either one of them. And that doesn't mean I didn't like them at all. I just didn't love them. Ant-Man and uh, uh Ant-Man Quantumania was kind of in the same vein where it was like, okay, I saw a movie. Ant-Man and, and Quantum Mania was okay. I That's one that I can say, yeah, it was it was okay. I had fun with it. It wasn't Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. But, yeah, I was okay with it. All right. Well, we've had this conversation but, no, a bunch. No, Multiverse of Madness was excellent. <laughs> All right, you get the final word there. Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. Uh, moving over to another world that uh, has a lot of... You know what? Actually, your thing about uh, court-appointed Marvel watching of the uh, of the hour or the week can now be said to Star Wars. Oh, that's you know, look. I felt that way at the end of season two of The Mandalorian, and I'm just glad that people are starting to catch up to to the beat that I was drumming there. So, I don't. You're welcome. <laughs> folks. I know you haven't seen the episode. I watched the new episode of Mandalorian last night, and. <sighs> It, I've seen a lot of episodes of The Mandalorian. It feels like, and there could be some spoilers here, so I just want to put that out there. But it feels like I feel like I have to watch it at this point. Yeah, there's some parts that make me laugh. Yeah, Baby Yoda's cute at times, but it's just kind of like Mandalorians aren't really good at anything. They're good at grudges. I guess. <laughs> I I don't know it. <laughs> It's not it, again. It falls under to the uh, under the thing of I didn't hate it, but if I missed this week's, I don't think I'd feel bad. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I watched the season three premiere. I was like, I, uh, maybe I'll try this again later, but I can't do this right now. Every week I see, I've seen, seen this growing tide of, I miss what The Mandalorian used to be. Remember when The Mandalorian was about The Mandalorian? Yeah. You know what? We were talking uh, the other day. Imagine if The Mandalorian was just season one. Yeah, and then you turn season two into Tales of The Mandalorian. And that if you just did, if you just renamed that season or this season Tales of The Mandalorian, then you're setting up, okay, it's going to be an anthology where The Mandalorian happens to be there, but we're going to introduce yeah. all these other characters and all these other shows can come from them. Fine. Wonderful. Set expectations for that instead of saying, this is The Mandalorian. But not really. Uh, last week when we uh, when I recorded with Moose, right after we put up the episode, all the news came out about Star Wars and what they're planning on doing. Did you? What did you think? Yeah, because last weekend was Star Wars celebration. Yeah. What did you? What did you think of? Well, that? because they're they're bringing back Ray for a series. Um, they're going to set uh, one series. They're bringing 20... back Ray for a movie. Yeah, for a movie. That's what I meant. Um, they're bringing back, yeah. or they're going to do a movie, 25,000 years in the past. And then there was another movie, but I can't think of what it was. Dave Filoni's Mandalorian finale. I oh, think. that's okay. But, uh, we, you know, we got more looks at Ahsoka, which was kind of see someone, uh, seeing some of the clone uh, or the Rebels characters come to life. Yeah. We found out Thrawn's coming back. We Star- uh, Yeah, Star Wars is leaning very heavily into the, we're bringing these characters to real life. Remember Hera, Hera Asula, I think her name is? Like Mary Elizabeth Winstead playing her. Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn's coming in, and Lars Mikkelsen, who voiced him on Rebels, I think it was, is going yeah. to be playing him in real life. The uh, uh, the part uh, where they, they're talking about a movie that's 25,000 years in the past. like That's the one I'm most excited about. It, because it's not going to be in this world they've created and also because james mangold who directed indy 5 and also did ford versus ferrari logan like that's the guy who's going to be directing it i just i'm I'm tired of you know what it's kind of like uh member berries a little bit but it's it it's a little bit of uh the opposite of what star trek's done where they've kind of jumped around in times uh in timelines and time spaces and stuff to where something like picard comes back and you're like Oh, I remember this. God, I miss this, you know? There's a great line uh, from Jim Cornette. Uh, he does the uh, wrestling podcast where he talks about, we can't miss you if you never go away. Exactly. And the Star Wars stuff, it's like, okay, 25,000 years in the past, That's you're, get, you're getting a brand new story. You're getting something different. Yeah, and that is something that they've... I don't know if it goes back that far, but that's something that they've sort of started delving into with the books, with the, I think it's the High Republic. I, uh, I, and I could be getting the the years wrong. I thought they said 25,000 years. I could be wrong. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. As we wrap up this week, uh, of course, we're going to wrap up with Picard. Listen, there are going to be spoilers here. If you do not want spoilers about Star Trek and Picard and everything that's happening this week, and as the uh, season gets towards the end, uh, you may just want to turn this off at the moment. We thank you for listening, uh, if this is where you leave us. But uh, uh, there was a huge couple reveals this week in uh, Star Trek Picard, the episode named Vox, I believe. They brought back the Enterprise D. What's in the box? You knew something was coming. There was a couple lines earlier in the season where they were like, oh, what about Hangar Bay 12? And they just kind of glossed over it. And they did the reveal at the end of the episode that Jordy's been restoring the Enterprise D since it's 
since it was destroyed in uh, Star Trek Generations. Ooh. And I'm going to tell you. gorgeous. I'm going to tell you right now, when when I first kind of heard about this, because uh, I uh, a buddy of mine, he, he sent me a message the other day, and he goes, would you mind if I sent you something that's minor spoilish for uh, Star Trek? And I go, no, go ahead. And it was pictures of the bridge and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, how are they going to shoehorn this into it? Because I didn't want them to just bring back the ship because, hey, we need to put the Enterprise D in there for fan service. Picard Season 3 has done a great job this year or this season, of doing fan service in a way that it makes sense. And yeah. the Enterprise D, the way it went out in the movie and how they brought it back, it fit in the, I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch, I guess, but it's in the realm of possibility in this story. It's not just like, oh my God, look, Q brought back the Enterprise D. That's crazy, you know, or something like that. It made sense. <laughs> so... Um, uh, look over here, it's the Nexus again. Yeah, where'd that come from? Yeah, look, it, it just kind of pooped out the oh. Enterprise D. That's crazy. So now I just really miss Norm Macdonald on the Orville and uh, trying to imagine what he would be like as like a Trek captain on like lower decks. Oh, that would be amazing. You know, he would have been perfect for that. I, w- you know, what I was just saying, imagine him as a Q though. Oh man. Oh, you give that much power to him? That oh, forget it. Yeah, you know, he practically, he, he practically was a Q in real life. You snap your fingers and poof, it just disappears. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can make like a, a five course meal, just kind of appear over here, but I can't get my kids to talk to me. What, what, what's that all about? Oh, it's crazy. But anyways, uh, you know who the uh, one of the uh, cameos was this week? Who? Do you remember uh, the episode, uh, the episodes from the original, uh, well, Next Generation series when they did Best of Both Worlds? Vaguely. Do you remember Commander Shelby? The name is ringing a bell. She came on the ship and she was going to replace Riker, remember? You'd probably know yeah, her no, if I you- I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you'd probably know her if you saw her. Uh, she, they brought her back. She was the fleet admiral in this. For the story. Oh wow! Yeah, it was one of those ones, and one of my—I didn't realize it was her until uh, I saw something on uh, social about it. But it was like, oh, holy! Shit, that's that's Commander Shelby or Fleet Admiral Shelby now. So I don't know. It's it, wow. it seems like they're just bringing a lot of people back to promote them. That's just the next instead of Star Trek Picard, it'll be Star Trek promotion. Well, at one point they're on the bridge of the Enterprise, and you're looking around. Um, Riker's a captain. Worf's a captain. Uh, Jordy's a Commodore. It's it's like they all topped out on their uh, on their experience level. I don't know, man. It's it, they've done a lot of stuff right, and I was talking about this with Moose uh, last week. That that may be part of why the Mandalorian doesn't hit as hard for me this this year is because the two season the first two seasons of Picard. I don't think we're as good as the Mandalorian, but this this season and they were on at kind of the same time in the year, you know. This year, this yeah. show is just so much better, and they're doing they're doing fan service so much better than Star Wars right now, where it makes sense. They're your heroes are still your like. hero. It's and again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's the thought of we can't miss you if you don't go away. It's been thirty yeah. years since they showed us this ship. Right, and all of a sudden here and it is you again. Wept like a bitch. I got teary eyed when they had a couple points in it. I'm not gonna lie, I really did because it was. And that's it, not a bad thing. I'm just busting his chops. 
it was it was just done in such a good way. It it, it didn't feel for it. Yeah, that's, that's that's something that people forget. I don't know, man. It's just the storytelling in it is so great, and it was so good to see this ship. And I don't know, I don't know how all this is going to wrap up. The story, the way it's going with who the big bad is and stuff. It's like okay. All right, whatever. But I, I don't know how it's all going to wrap up, but I can't wait to see it. I, I You know, I was talking to uh, uh, Justin, my buddy, who does the podcast with me. And what's yeah. been crazy about this season is I've had no idea what's coming next. If not for spoilers, I would not have a guess as to what is coming next. You, like, you're not, you're, you're not able to call the story beats because in some of these fan service things, it's like, oh this is going to happen. These people are going to get back together. And then X is going to be the result. And it's like, okay, the cast is back together, but what's going to happen next? Although, you know what I just thought of? If they're going into a war situation uh-huh. and they need a ship, the defiant was right there. And it is a warship. True. And it is, and it is quite a tough little ship. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the enterprise E they, there's a uh, nice little joke in there. Uh, where they where they just see the Enterprise D and uh, Jordy says something to the effect of, "Well, obviously we can't use the Enterprise E," and everybody just does a slow tor- yeah. turn towards Worf because in the uh, they let they gave out some story stuff like some of the background of what happened to certain things on Instagram, I believe it was. And at one point they said that the Enterprise E, its final mission is it, it it's not destroyed, but they can't use it, and its last mission is highly classified. <laughs> so nobody knows what happens to it. Everybody just turned and looked at Worf, and it was just a between stuff like that and everybody making fun of Picard for not being a good winemaker is really funny to me. And I want to try that Picard wine. <laughs> it, it's because like at first you're like okay, and now it's like there, there's just these little jokes about how he's not a very good winemaker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike Reyes from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. We should probably let him get back to real work. Uh, Mike, I wish you nothing but the best this weekend. Enjoy the movies and have a good one. Yeah, may the force be with you as well. And I bet you thought we were (laughs) gone. Uh, We got done recording and uh, Mike and I were just kind of uh, uh, shooting the breeze for a few minutes. And it's like, oh, we forgot to talk about two of the bigger trailers and stuff that came out. uh, The Continental and uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, because I believe we mentioned them. We kind of set them up and I'm, I'm betting listeners are just sitting there thinking, wait, they didn't talk about those. We didn't get all we paid but, for here. No, we are definitely. Yeah, we didn't get everything we paid for from this free show. <laughs> but anyway, we I, I we mentioned it and it's like, you know what, we should go back to that because they're, they're big enough things to talk about. And I guess we could start with the Continental because of the fact that it's a big prequel series. It was originally supposed to be going to Stars, but now it's going to Peacock for a three-night event. It's basically like three movies. Like they're each like an, an hour and a half each, and it's going to be three episodes or probably three movies long. And it deals with the New York Continental in the 1970s, where I presume Winston first steps in to take over. But what I'm most interested in and what I think they're going to do with this is that I think we're going to see how the rules of the Continental were set up. I would think it would be older than the 1970s then, you know? Well, older, it is older than the 1970s because I think we're going to see the rules of no killing set up. Because oh, okay. I don't know how old the hotel is by that point, but it looks like there might be a lot of killing and business on continental grounds which is one of the two 
cardinal rules you do not break in the underground. The other one is you never turn down a marker. Yeah, I really like this. Like I mean, it could be fun. No, I'm I'm really interested this in this because it's such a cool world. It is, and even though I'm, you know, I'm obviously you're going to still miss Keanu Reeves in this because it's it's set before John Wick is probably even born at this point, and it's going to be a little heartbreaking to see the young Charon and think about the, the late great Lance Reddick and how he is no longer with us. But I, I am very interested to see the dive into the, the earlier world of the Continental, even though there is a little bit of a problem in the fact that uh, Mel Gibson has been cast. We'll leave that conversation for a different day. Mike Ranch from CinemaBlend.com on the line with me right now. Uh, the other uh, big trailer is... It looks is... good. It looks good. Yeah, it does. No, it totally does. The other movie uh, trailer that uh, we got was the Indiana Jones 5 trailer, which they mixed Symphony for the Devil with the Indiana Jones theme. It was so blanky. It's something cool. I never knew I needed. I know. It really was. It's something I never knew I needed. <laughs> and then it, it's so wonderful because the whole the trailer starts with like that vibe and it's like, okay, how the hell are they going to go into the Indiana Jones theme from this? And then it very effortlessly jumps in and weaves it in with this new sort of interpretation. And then at the end, you get like the more traditional. Yeah. It's like, oh, give me this movie now. No, it's, uh, it looks fantastic. I, You know what? I wonder if this is going to be one of those things that they try and make up for the last one since it didn't go over as well as I they think that's hoped. exactly what some people have said they're doing. But I'm, oh, I'm still okay with that last movie because it's not even the worst Indiana Jones movie. It had its issues, but it's not the worst. Yeah, I know. We've talked about this before. Yeah, Temple of Doom. Anyway, (laughs) this does look like they're trying to make up for it. And again, James Mangold, man, he he can step into anything, and it's it's just beautiful. Awesome. Uh, Mike, one more thing. What anniversary is today? Oh, well, today is the 70th anniversary of Ian Fleming's Casino Royale going to print for the first time. And that's today, Thursday, April 13th, while we're recording. Uh, 1953 saw the publication of that first book, which wouldn't be adapted, well, wouldn't be adapted officially, like, in the Eon canon until 2006 with Daniel Craig, but was turned into a 1967 spoof movie with Peter Sellers and Woody Allen to sort of compete with the actual James Bond. Perfect. All right, we'll end it there this week, Mike. You have yourself a great weekend, all right? You too, man. Live long and prosper. And now we're really done because we got the good ending. Yeah, you hope so.